Give me a fucking accurate irreducible minimus. Welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers Part 2. I'm Alice. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 14, Countdown to Extinction. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Yeah. Last time on the Transformers, Megatron was defeated, but he's left Earth in ruins. Like a really bad frat party. More robot frat parties. First heard here, folks. <laughs> For the aftermath of a frat party. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Back on Earth, we see the Autobots helping rebuild infrastructure around, like, dams. There's so many dams in the show. Dams. <laughs> bridges. Know, cities, bridges, yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And under the ocean in the Decepticon base, Rumble and Skywarp are bitching at each other. Skywarp calls Rumble a metallic mini meatball. How does he know what a meatball is? And, like, we literally had to go back like rewatch that because it was like is that actually what he said it was in fact actually what he said skywarp slaps rumble into like a computer panel and thundercracker picks up rumble afterwards and rumble is so small in comparison he looks kind of like a weird cybertronian doll Soundwave just then throws some serious shade at the Seekers. Holding two sparking wires while doing so in what I assume must have been a threatening way because they hit his child <laughs> Basically, <laughs> who knows? It could be Finn and it could be Cannon. Who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> and then Frenzy pops out of a hole. Frenzy! This is Frenzy's first appearance and Frenzy's here. Look at more of my cassette children. Look at them everywhere. <laughs> and Skywarp is a dick to Frenzy too, trying to step on him. I mean, when isn't Skywarp being a dick? I mean, yeah. Frenzy proceeds to throw him across the room, and then Rumble jumps on Skywarp's face and starts punching him. As one does. And this, this is what Megatron walks in on. One of his seekers on the ground getting beat up by a cassette. You know that gif with the guy with the pizza box walking in and then everything's on fire? I think that's from Community. I'm not sure, but I think it's from Community. That's basically this, only less horrified and more super annoyed. All the Decepticons here are like, holy fuck, you're alive! And Megatron's like, I've only lost the starship, not the war! I feel like they all just sort of jointly looked around and were like, oh shit, dad's home. <laughs> More or less, Megatron's got those zingers. Those zinger lines. But he's definitely lived it out. Or <laughs> he fulfills that role. It's Look, weird. he fills the same role to the Decepticons that Optimus fills to the Autobots. He's just more of a dick about it. <laughs> then again, you see what he's got to work with and you almost don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other Decepticons let their glorious leader know that Starscream has taken off with Dr. Archival. Megatron's unhappy about this. So what Soundwave does is he records everything. So he has a recording to play back of Starscream being a conniving bastard while talking to the Doctor. Yes, he does. Which is how Megatron learns they're going to Dr. Evil's secret lab. As one does. <laughs> of course, this evil doctor has a secret lab. It's the 80s. <laughs> Just wait till you see the secret lab, folks. <laughs> You'll be incredibly underwhelmed. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Autobot base, Wheeljack's got their surveillance back up, and they see the Decepticons flying off. 
And now you know what the show is famous for after that 10 second interlude. We're now back with uh, Starscream and Dr. Archival. They arrive at Archival's hidden lab. The most badly disguised secret lab ever. There is literally a freaking doorstep. A doorstep that goes up to a mountain. Uh, <laughs> that, like, a cl that there's clearly this, like, square that's been cut into the rock. Like, you can see the edge. Yeah, it's like it's in a mountainside, and then there's just this big-ass boulder. Pretty much. Yeah. Parker gets catty with Starscream, and then the doctor says that he must use a voice command to open the lab. And Starscream's like, then activate your mouth! And, of course, the genius scientist uses the absolutely lamest code ever. Shouting, open sesame at the side of the mountain after, like, stroking his own ego. Yes. And I love it because Starscream is just fucking dry and sarcastic here. It is wonderful. Apparently the Decepticons know about a thousand and one Arabian Nights, too. So, <laughs> yeah. And then Starscream just chucks the door down a nearby ravine. Yep, there goes that boulder. I guess you're not closing that door anymore, <laughs> Dr. Archival. Like, I'm still not really sure why he did this other than to be an asshole. He just... He's very done with Dr. Evil shit. Starscream just has a quota to meet. All right. Let's face it. <laughs> quota of, of cattiness. Apparently the doctor's made an exponential generator warning Starscream not to mess with it or it'll blow up the Earth because apparently... This is what he does in his spare time. He just makes things that can produce unending energy, and then he doesn't do shit with it. Of course not. You couldn't, you know, I don't know, um, patent that shit and be a bajillionaire. Anyway, then we have, and I counted, literally a 23-second interlude to check in with our other idiots. The Decepticons see the Autobots following them and the remaining two secrets attack, and then it cuts back to Starscream. <laughs> And back with Starscream, he's apparently made a bomb. Ugh, the Doctor's Energy Generator thing. The word interface comes up here in Starscream's explanation. If you're familiar with the fandom, I suspect you just giggled, despite it clearly not being related to what's happening here. And if you don't know what we're talking about, treasure your ignorance. Please treasure your ignorance. And don't blame us if you go look it up. <laughs> Please don't look it up. Please don't. Starscream intends to blow up the entire Earth and gather the energy created from the explosion, which seems really wasteful. I mean, there's an entire sun that he could just use fucking solar panels You're on. You're right, but I would like to comment that Starscream is actually using Earth time units here when he's talking to the Doctor. None of that astro-second crap. Because he tells the Doctor that the Earth will explode in about eight hours. He's better at picking up local time terminology than the goddamn Autobots are. Uh-huh. I don't know whether to feel vaguely pleased about this or really annoyed. I don't know. I can be I can be both things at once. I'm gonna go with the writers are just inconsistent yes. and having a weird ass day. So the doctor's pretty super pissed about this. Or super pretty pissed or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the doc's pretty pissed about this. But Starstream's like, too bad! You're coming with me to Cybertron, so you can't mess with my maniacal plans. Because I know what you're like. You're like me. <laughs> A conniving bastard. Apparently, Starscream had enough air in his cockpit to last Dr. Archival the entire jaunt back to Cybertron. Bitch, I have a lot of questions. I mean, how is there even oxygen on Cybertron? There's no plant life. And I guess 
how long did it take Starscream to get there? I think actually, actually, I think you came up with an answer. To I that, can't remember but... what it was, but I want to say it showed the bomb timer, and then we saw the timer again right after they had landed on Cybertron. So it took a couple of hours. Like I want to say it like took two or three hours because me and you were laughing. We we're like, oh my god, it took about as long to get to Cybertron as it takes to fly across the U.S. Yeah. Which doesn't really say anything about the um, the distance or speed Starscream was going, because he's a goddamn space jet. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows how far away Cybertron is. Decepticons and Autobots begin fighting properly as we cut back to them again. <laughs> and then, because of course he does, Megatron tiptoes up behind Optimus Prime and then jumps on him. And not in a fun way. I'm so sad. <laughs> Oh, Megatron and Optimus fight, uh, like, getting thrown around in the process. Then Optimus picks up Megatron, and I swear he's touching his butt. He then chucks him into a shallow pond that's somewhat nearby. And after that bit of a dip, Megatron's dignity seems to have taken a bit of a hit, and he orders a retreat, like, it's been a wash to his ego. Clearly. And the Autobots continue to follow them, even after they've taken off from the ground. Starscream arrives on Cybertron, and he completely and totally is lying to a super confused Shockwave. Yeah, basically he tells him Megatron's dead. Super dead. <laughs> Shockwave's not super happy with a human being brought in his vicinity, either. Shockwave has gotten beaten up every single time he's seen a human, so to be fair, this is a valid reaction. I think so. So when Starscream tells Shockwave that Megatron is dead, let me cram all those names into that one sentence, yes. Uh, he basically says something something about how he's the leader of the Decepticons now, and he pulls out a Decepticon badge here from nowhere. I don't, like, it literally looks like a goddamn police badge that's on, like, a white thing and he holds it out. I don't know where this came from or why he has it. Maybe they just all keep Decepticon badges on them like that for, like, I don't know, no dumb repair purposes or if they've got a... He's got two of them on his wings! Does he really need a third? <laughs> Maybe if his wing gets damaged or it has to be replaced, because apparently they didn't... <laughs> like, on one of the early episodes, they were just, like, scavenging for, like, plane parts to attach right. to each other or something? Yeah, you're right. Or, I mean, heck, maybe for recruiting people, because, I mean, where did they come up with the, um, the badge for Skyfire? I don't even know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Let's get back to this, because we got a bit sidetracked. <laughs> Shocky claims Megatron cannot be dead as he's indestructible, which so far... Which, if you remember last time, I feel like we have conclusively proven he is indeed indestructible if an explosion that could move an entire planet could not kill him. Yeah. <laughs> seems... Yeah. The Doctor then tries to stop Starscream from collecting the energy from Earth's destruction, but gets badly hurt as the control console he tries to do this at shocks him. Because apparently anti-human measures have been put in, or anti- Organic? <laughs> well, no, so what Starscream says is non-Decepticons can't use this, so uh... apparently it would do that to, like, Autobots too. But probably uh... wouldn't damage them as much, I suspect. Yeah. And I guess, are we just going to assume that Shockwave had these installed after the whole spark plug debacle? Because that seems likely. That seems likely. Shockwave doesn't seem like the kind of bot who would want to make the same mistake multiple times. Yeah, he's a careful dude. Oh, hey, there are reflectors here, too. <laughs> I guess they just live on Cybertron now. <laughs> it's probably more peaceful for them. I don't really blame them. Maybe. So Megatron leaves the Autobots to the 
Valley of No Return, and I'm doing the finger quotation mark thingy there, <laughs> in order to trap them in quicksand. He then leaves Laserbeak behind to record their imminent death and flies off. As he needs to take cues from the evil overlord list. Yes, really you know, a... don't watch their deaths, just assume everything's going okay. To his credit, though, he did actually leave a camera behind, essentially, to record it and get proof. Yes, but the problem is he's... I'm just saying it's more than a lot of villains do. That's true, that's true, but he didn't do it himself, so... Yeah. As the Autobots struggle in 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 this quicksand, Laserbeak, for no apparent reason whatsoever, decides to fly right over them and is brought down by a missile from Mirage. I mean, maybe he just wanted better camera angles. I mean, like, is he, like, rewinded this where he's like, I've got to get a better angle? Regardless, when he gets shot, he transforms into a cassette and is caught by Jazz. And then Ironhide freezes the sand and they all just walk out? I'm going to assume that they, like, have frozen sand stuff in their joints, which seems unpleasant. It does. Once they're all free, Jazz plays Laserbeak. I think he transforms and then Laserbeak goes into, like... His cassette deck in his car mode? (laughs) I feel like I should comment on not having Laserbeak's consent here or something. Yeah, and... Like, Optimus gets weirdly super close to Jazz at one point. Like, his hands are on his windshield, and he's looking in his windshield. Weird. It is. <laughs> and then we have Dadimus Prime doing his best to be hip and cool with the kids. Lay it on me, man. Yes, those words come out of Optimus Prime's mouth. And thusly, the Autobots learn about the secret lab, too. And somehow know exactly where it is. How? How? I don't know. How did Megatron know where it was from the recorded conversation with Megatron and Dr. Archibald? I think we kind of assumed that they, I don't know, maybe they had someone tracking Starscream's signature Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense how the Autobots figure it out from listening to this conversation, too. Heck, maybe the coordinates were later in the thing and we didn't hear them. I don't know. That would make more sense. That would make too much sense. We know what kind of show we're watching. It's a silly show. The Decepticons arrive at the lab and Megatron finds the energy generator. So once the, like, Casey thing, the case thing is open, it really looks like a football. And he calls it his potent beauty. That's a really oddly sensual descriptor, that. <laughs> it really is. Mm-hmm. And according to the timer on the bomb, because we keep cutting back to it, we now have two hours left, which doesn't actually make any of this feel very dire, if you know what I mean. It really doesn't. It feels like they could literally just... They'll figure it out sometime in the next two hours. Literally, the timer is up on a wall behind them. One of them, I know they're all idiots, but one of them surely is going to look at that and say, gee, I wonder what this is counting down to. And oh, wait, Starscream's involved. Yeah. And then the Autobots show up and the Decepticons go outside to confront them. Because of course they do. And then Optimus punches Megatron (laughs) in the face. And the angle on this makes no sense whatsoever for Optimus to be hitting him at the angle that he is hitting him he would literally have to be right in front of Megatron which means that Megatron and all the Decepticons have apparently just missed the bright blue and red mech kneeling on the ground in front of the lab entrance (laughs) yeah getting thrown back Megatron lands on a ledge where he picks up a rock and says something about having a ton of fun before chucking the rock at Optimus Missing when Optimus 
dodges and then hitting poor Rumble instead. Oh, Rumble. <laughs> poor baby. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, pretty much. And then Optimus laughs and yells, your aim's improving, Megatron. I swear they're just flirting now. Right? It's, it's very much like that joke. My ex misses me, but her aim's improving. Something like that. It really, really is like that. I'm sorry, it just made me think of the when Grenkel Stan says it in Gravity. <laughs> Fair. Elsewhere on Cybertron, Starscream has committed more crimes against nature. Uh, he decided he could build Dr. Archibald stronger, faster, better. Less able to move. Anyway, Dr. Archibald is a cyborg now, or excuse me, a mechanical freak! Well, he was already kind of a cyborg. He had the re replacement, mechanical replacement for one of he's, his hands. He's more of a cyborg now, and he's not happy about it. He really isn't. <laughs> like, something like, what, uh, three quarters of his body are, is, um, metal now? I feel like I, I could throw some inappropriate things in here, but I won't. Yeah. <laughs> And then Starscream monologues to the good doctor as Shockwave just, like, sneaks out of the room while no one's paying attention. Back on Earth, somehow Optimus has gotten inside the lab! This seems like a job for Mirage, but apparently we're not good at using our soldiers' skills or, you know, coordinating things well. No. Now we get what you've all been waiting for. Megatron and Optimus fighting over a glowy atomic football. And we cut to the timer from before. These two idiots have been fighting for two hours. Two fucking hours. We're down to below a minute. Shockwave then contacts Megatron to warn him about the bomb, but Megatron tries to tell him to call back later when he's not about to kill Optimus Prime. He's just like, leave me alone, I have better things to do than talk to you, Shockwave. <laughs> and poor Shockwave is... Like, no, this is important. He's there's doing a... his best. Shocky is doing his best, okay? He's like, there's a bomb! And then Megatron goes and crushes the timer, stopping the bomb. I don't know why that works, but it does. Well, he rips it off the wall, so I guess he disconnected it. Yeah, So the true. trigger mechanism didn't work or whatever. Yeah. Starscream is annoyed at the distinct lack of boom, and the doctor plays to his ego to talk him into going back and checking the timer device. Which, I mean, Shockwave tries to tell Dr. Archibald to go back, and Dr. Archibald's like, How am I supposed to do that? On my roller skates? Which was a pretty great line. And also just playing to Starscream's ego is the way you win. <laughs> pretty much. We uh, cut back to Earth, and Megatron's disarming, I think, the generator? Uh, presumably he's got some idea of what he's doing as these two idiots don't explode. Uh, him and Optimus exchange some words that sound oddly sincere here, and I swear Optimus is using his bedroom voice. He does sound very sultry. Now they're literally just playing football. Optimus grabs the device out of Megatron's hands, and then Megatron tackles him. Yeah, <laughs> more or less. And... Seeing this damn thing is about to explode, Megatron grabs it and runs outside, turning into his gun mode and telling Optimus to wait for it, load him. That doesn't sound dirty at all. Mm. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Which Optimus promptly does, firing Megatron at him and sending the generator into space where it explodes, hitting Starscream. Yep, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And Starscream then crash lands basically in front of Megatron, except that Megatron's behind him and comes up behind him and says, 
Welcome home, Noble Voyager. He then picks him up and they walk off. Oh, God. Oh, God. Star Trek is like this hot scrub that's a girl. He is back with the Autobots. Bumblebee asks Prime what he thinks Megatron's gonna do with Starscream, to which Prime replies, Nothing gentle, I'd say! Optimus... Optimus knows Megatron, and he knows what's up. And on that note, <laughs> that's the end of the episode. The Autobots laughing about Starscream and Megatron doing some incredibly rough things in private. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next time for episode 15 of Plague of Insecticons where we're introduced to yet more Decepticons that are insects. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, there's other things that happen. I know there are, but the Insecticons are the main draw here. They're in Bali, I think. So I guess if you want to see tropical places. <laughs> <laughs> tropical places and giant insect bugs. Yep. So, would you like to talk about our fanfic recommendations for today, Specs? Okay, we have two fanfic recommendations, and actually you will be covering one of them. Uh -huh. But our first recommendation for today is Blue 42 by the Star Force. It's set in the G1 cartoon continuity, and it's rated PG. It's a it's gen, general. There are no pairings, and characters, well, our main characters are Prowl, Sideswipe, Bluestreak, Sunstreaker, Dead End, Ravage, and assorted Autobots. And in summary, beware of irritating Prowl. It does not pay. No, it doesn't. And so sort of our theme for this recommendation was sports slash atomic football, because the atomic football just made me think of sports. Fair. But so this one's really, really funny. And it is. I've read this one. It's hysterical. <laughs> it is. Basically, Prowl sentences uh, some troublemakers to play sports. Or play football specifically against the Dinobots, Wheeljack, and Ratchet. Yes. Basically, I think his logic is, here's a way to basically kind of boost morale and relieve some tension, so I'm going to put these troublemakers to work. And they're also going to get beat up pretty bad. <laughs> yes, because none of these robots understand football properly. And they're going up against the Dinobots. <laughs> yep. And, well, there are also Furbies. Being oh God, used. I forgot about the Furbies. That was the best part. How did I forget about the Furbies? Basically, Furbies being used as A, a prank, B, thought of as an information gathering device. Uh huh. So, I don't want to say too much more to avoid spoiling things, but it's very, very funny. Very, very funny. Very enjoyable. I definitely recommend it, and I believe Al seconds this recommendation. I do. It actually was one of my favorite fanfics she gave me early on. <laughs> okay, and I think that's that's that one covered. So, actually, I will just say that I read this next uh, recommendation, and it was funny as hell. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. So, on to Elves. So, my recommendation for today is My Love is a Fever by Space Liquid. It is in the IDW continuity, rated T. It's definitely slashed, or at least implied slash, with Megatron and Optimus Prime. The main characters are Megatron, Optimus Prime, and uh, assorted Lost Light crew, because this is taking place on the Lost Light. And aliens. And aliens! <laughs> in summary, Optimus joins the crew of the Lost Light, only to be imprisoned by an alien race. Megatron has to use some of his less-known skills in order to get him back. My theme for this was uh, Megatron and Optimus Prime, or alternatively, just fuck already! <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> There's no actual fucking to be found in this fake but uh, the gist of it is Optimus has been kidnapped and Megatron has to use poetry to get him back. Making that what you will, because I'm not describing anything else. <laughs> and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Els. Toodles. <laughs> just fuck already.